The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I am your host, Eric, the uh, Editor-in-Chief, and this is going to be another edition of the, the Monthly, Monthly Comics, Comics Cast, which means, of course, that I have assembled my League of Substitute Podcasters to join <laughs> me this evening to fight some bad comics I guess. I <laughs> so <laughs> that means, of course, that I have with me the cosmic comic guru Dario. What's up, Dario? Hello, everybody. And we have the defender of <laughs> the secret wars, the man <laughs> from beyond himself, the guest user, none other than John. What's up, John? Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> and I'm still the guest user. <laughs> And the world's greatest sidekick has decided to uh, not join us for some reason. Maybe he's sleeping, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, uh, he might join in later <laughs> if he pays attention to his messages. But in the meantime, let's just get into it. <laughs> so, um, as usual, let's start with some comic book reviews. Uh, who would like to go first? Nobody? I have a giant pile. Uh, Dario. <laughs> giant pile. What was that you said, Dario? I said I have a giant pile. I can go first. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> what Look at this, John. How much? Holy cow! How much do you that have? John? A lot of comics. How much? Do you... uh, look at the pile. I <laughs> you have nothing. I I think I might have something. Oh, John. I got a. I got comics all over the place here. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many comics I have here. All right. Well, while you're looking for that, I have one, so I'll do mine first, really quickly. Stack. <laughs> nice stack, John. Um, yeah. And this might not as big as Dario's, but I'll live with it. <laughs> I'll. Uh, this month, I'm going to be reviewing Star Wars: Thrawn Alliances. See? Ooh. 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 Oh yes, and of course it's about the character Grand Admiral Thrawn, who's a, a cool character. I love him. I want to marry him. Um, <laughs> 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 Don't tell my wife. <laughs> oh, <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the writers on the book are Timothy Zahn and Jody Hauser. And Timothy Zahn, if that name sounds familiar, is the uh, the author who created Grand Admiral Thrawn way back when he wrote the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, the artists are Pat Olaf and Andrea DeVito. And the colorist uh, is Rochelle Rosenberg. Rochelle Rochelle. Rochelle Rochelle. <coughs> and this is, it's an interesting story. Um, it's one of those um, split time stories. It takes place in two different times. It's uh, one story about one timeline is 
Thrawn uh, being forced to go on a mission with Darth Vader to uh, the planet of Batu, Batu, which is um, known also known as the which is the area where the Galaxy's Edge uh, park in Disney World. That's the planet. It's oh, on. that's cool. Yeah. So they go there to, huh. to on a mission because the Emperor has sensed a disturbance in the Force in that area. And then the other the other story that happens in the past is the story of Grand Admiral Thrawn before he was in the the back during the Clone Wars. Uh, when he wasn't involved with any of that, and he meets Anakin, who is coming on a mission to Batu to find Padme, who uh, has disappeared. So, it's it's a pretty good story. It's interesting. It's an there's an interesting dynamic between Darth Vader and uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, they have a very different style of leadership. <laughs> <laughs> and and Vader often does not agree with Thrawn's leadership, but there you go. So, but it, if you like the character of Thrawn, um, which you should, because he's cool, it's a uh, it's a good read, and I enjoyed it, and I highly recommend. Is that based it. off of the novel, or is that an original story for the comic? As far as I know, it's an original story, but I could be wrong. But I believe so. Hmm. You want to ask Mike from the Star Wars podcast? He'll know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So there you go. There's my my review. A good book, Thrawn Alliance number one. Check it out. All right, John. Did you find anything? No. All right. I got something here. All right. What do you got, John? You guys can see this. This is uh, Marvel Zombies issue two. Uh, no, yes, issue two has Daredevil on the cover with uh, Electra coming out from the grave. And anyways, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but uh, there's. Two stories in here, I think. Maybe three. Anyways, uh, the first story is a Fantastic Four one, where Reed Richards is trying to figure out how to uh, cure everybody of this zombie uh, disease. Mm. And let's see if I can find the writer. The writer is Gail Simone. Artist is uh, Dale Eglesham. And the color artist is Yen Nitro. So Dale Eglesham, if I hopefully I pronounce that right, uh, his artwork looks interesting. I feel like I've seen it before, almost like Alan Davis type of art. Somehow, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second story, the last ballad of Betty Ray Bell, which is a writer, is Eric Schrotz, and uh, artist is Nelson Daniel. And then uh, there's a story with Warpath in it. The writer is Doug Wagner. Oh, wow. Artist okay. is uh, Juan Gideon, and the color artist is D. Cunningham. I don't think I'm pronouncing these names right, but <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> Very sorry to the writers and artists. Anyways, uh, the Fantastic Four story is pretty interesting because he goes through, he has to say goodbye to uh, his family, you know, Reed says goodbye to Sue thing and Human Torch. And he says, sends him on his way, and he has this tower. It looks like it's in the middle of the desert. And he says, okay, I'll see you guys after I've cured everybody. You know, I got to stay in this tower so that way I don't get infected by anybody and no one infects me and stuff like that, vice versa. So he goes through. He has a very strict schedule. He has has it all planned out. He figures it's going to take like a week or something like that, and he has a sleeping 
time, you know, time to shower, time to eat, and all this other jazz. And he goes through, and you know, and <clears throat> it's kind of interesting because you know you, you get to see. I, I can't. You probably can't see, but you know, it shows like uh, Mole Man and stuff like that get infected, and Iron Man calls him up and he says, "Hey, I'm sorry." And Fantastic Four, uh, Reed Richards says, "Hey, listen, I have five minutes a day for." you know, to talk to my family and I'm using it to talk to you. So basically I'm not going to be able to talk to them today. So why don't you tell me what's up? You know, so he talks to him and that's that. And basically what happens in the end is, uh, he, he's not, he doesn't, uh, get the cure. And in the end you find out when he was like saying goodbye to his family, it was too late already. They had already passed and he was just kind of like imagining it. So I kind of thought that was kind oh, wow. of interesting how he That's cool. Uh he kind of put that in his head that they haven't passed away yet, you know, and they weren't killed by this virus. And then the second story, which I thought was really interesting, is uh Federate Bill is an alien, right? He has basically has Thor's hammer or something that's similar to it. He has all Thor's powers and stuff. Right. And I guess his race or maybe the combination of his powers and his race, he can't get infected. So he's like a perfect like warrior to fight it. Hmm. And he goes like centuries fighting this thing. And it's just kind of interesting how it's, you know, a little short story and it's just kind of interesting how he, uh, goes through all, you know, and he, he's getting new people along the way and stuff like that. So that was a kind of a neat story as well. And then, uh, Warpath, I kind of forget what happened in this story but he um i think it's during a time during x-force you know yeah and he gets bitten and he has to uh try to stop cable and he kind of uh sacrifices himself i think in the end to destroy cable yeah he destroys cable in this one and then he in the end i think he has to it, it doesn't show what happens but canon ball and a few of the others are left and he has to kind of fight them in the end but uh that's it i i like this book i would highly suggest it because it's kind of interesting and fun. is it issue one this is issue two i missed issue one and i actually got issue three here issue three is has a cool cover i haven't read it yet it's has and they're all just and, they're all just in th- anthologies it's just all short stories they're all short stories hmm. uh interesting they're really quick so, which is good to me because I was interested fast and uh, you kind of don't need to know like the, um, what am I trying to say? Like the current day events in Marvel comics and right. stuff like that. This seems like it was, it could have been like last year that this happened or 20 or 30 years ago. It's kind of hard to say by reading mm-hmm. the stories, but hmm. like the Warpath one, you know, that's kind of like 30 years ago because X-Force is together and stuff like that from the 1990s and the better a bill one is kind of hard to say it's obviously he does it he fights it for centuries so it's kind of interesting and in it's in itself hmm. that does sound kind of interesting I might yeah yeah so it. i would highly suggest it you know and i did read some uh star wars stuff but i kind of forget which ones i've read star fader and that, all that jazz good stuff and that's all i got all right I guess that leads it up to you, Dario. What do you got in that massive... A big stack of comics. 
I think I don't know if I talked about this last time or not. Do you know Superman, uh, Batman, Santa Claus, Silent Night? Oh, I don't remember you talking about it. Did he, Derek? I don't believe you did. Derek doesn't remember it either. So, because I've been meaning to talk about it, I just couldn't remember what I talked to it about. So, this is a four issue miniseries that came out oh, wow. in December. And they almost had a time just right. The last issue came out after Christmas, but if they had, if they had adjusted the release schedule, it would have been one a week going up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it's Batman, Santa Claus, Silent Night. And Santa <laughs> Claus is a character in the DC Universe, and he is he found out that Krampus is back. Him and Krampus, There's a whole history in here where they talk about how him and Krampus were, t- were, were friends, and like Krampus would go and scare the kids and then Santa Claus would go over and be like, Oh, you kids just do better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They tie Santa Claus into North in the North mythology. And like he came, he was, he came to earth to hunt down these creatures that came from like Asgard. He's not Asgardian, but I'm just saying that. So that came from Asgard, like giants and stuff. And then he ended up getting trapped here. And so while he was here, he was killing time by making toys and giving them to kids and not thinking anything about it. And then he became Santa. And then he ran into Krampus, who was from his same world. And Krampus was just a mischievous little demon thing. So anyway, um, he in this storyline, he accidentally banishes Krampus, and he feels bad about it. And then he found out that in present day, Krampus has found his way out, but he's being controlled by a bunch of demons. Essentially, Santa Claus banishes people to a place that's like the Phantom Zone. <laughs> so... <laughs> The things that are there infected Krampus's brain like it does in the Phantom Zone. Right. And when he was able to come out, they were forcing him to do bad things. So he teams up with Batman and Robin. And it's funny because Robin like doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Batman's like, <laughs> nothing I can tell you, kid. I've been teaming up with him since I've been, te- I've been teaming up with him since I've been training to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Superman shows up at the end of issue one, and the first thing he does is look at Batman and go, You know. Santa? (laughs) (laughs) It essentially becomes a whole big, like, Justice League thing. It's billed as Batman Santa Claus, but it's Batman in charge of all the other heroes and helping defeat these things. And it's a a lot of fun. The art's really good. The creative team changes a little bit from book to book because they have a bunch of different artists working on it. But the writer is Jeff Parker. The art in issue one is Michelle Benigni. And its colorist is Alex Sinclair. Hmm. You know, like I said, it changes up, not drastically, but generally it changes up. Um, my recommendations, I love holiday-themed books. <laughs> I hope they do another one. I'm watching my battery because my battery is like suddenly dropped down to I have 41 minutes left, so I'm just kind of watching that. <laughs> do you have it plugged in? I don't have it plugged in. I didn't think to plug out. Um, next book. DC Comics, Wonder Woman by Tom King. This is the Outlaw edition, so it, re- it collects issues one and two. Um, I haven't read issue two yet, but the writer is Tom King. Artist is Daniel Sampari, and colorist is Tomu Mori. And basically the story is... Um, well, it's what really well written. Tom King, in my opinion, his eyes are really, really good, or he's not just—he's just not good at all. He yeah. doesn't have a medium. Yeah, it's funny that way. Yeah, but it's well written. It opens up with uh, uh, a, a bar scene um, 
Uh, you just see that you don't you don't see who's who's playing pool, but the, it's a shot of a pool table being in the games being played, and the dialogue is obviously one guy is like being a jerk to a girl that's playing pool, and you know he's like slapping her in the butt and talking down to her and stuff like that, and <laughs> then she just beats the shit out of him because she's an Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. But then she continues to she continues to basically kill every man in the bar. Jeez. Oh, so because of that, because of that um, attack on everybody in the bar, the president declares um, that all Amazons have to be uh, extracted from the United States and sent back to Paradise Island. Huh. And they're and they're basically supposed to be you know put in the internment camps until they can be sent back to Paradise Island. But they have, but they they hire Sarge Steele to go do it, and he's he doesn't he's not extracting people and sending them back to Paradise Island. He's going to find them and killing them. So by the end of issue one, you find out that somebody called the Sovereign has um, an item called the Lasso of Lies, and he's using it to control a huge part of the government. Um, Interesting. So he's using that as his agenda to get rid of the Amazons. Um, art's good. Storytelling is great. I don't know where it's going. At first, I was a little weary about reading it because I was like, ah, is this a political? I, I don't like reading political agendas in comic. I want my comics to be yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. But it was still right. good. It was still really good. Hmm. Nice. Oh, that's good. Thumbs up. Give it a read. Excellent. Next book Cobra Commander number one from oh. Image Comics. This is written by Joshua Williamson. Artist by Andrea Malinka, and the colorist is Annalisa Lanidi. And basically, the way I talked about this with the with the Energon universe before is a Transformers is Void Rivals, which happens in deep space and has touched on Transformers at the, mostly at the end of each issue. Right, is a Transformers book which reintroduced the characters to the uh, the, the Image universe, and it's up to issue four. And then they did Duke. Uh, and they introduced Duke and Transformers, but the, the Duke the Duke deals with um, the aftermath of his fight with Starscream and him trying to figure out what's going on. And Cobra yeah. Commander is Cobra Commander starts establishing you know his control and creating Cobra. And based on an article that I read with the writer, the Cobra Commander is is, both, is supposed to be kind of a horror book, and there's a lot of violence in this first issue. Huh. Uh, now. Very excited about. I, I love Transformers. I love Duke, and I was, I was expecting Cobra Commander to be just as good, and it is good. But when I opened it up at the store, I got two pages into it, and uh, a triggering event happened. I had a triggering event. Ooh. Oh, no. if, you, if you've <laughs> ever watched, have you ever watched the animated uh, GI Joe movie? Oh yeah, that came out in like yeah. the late nineties. Yep, and they introduced yep. they introduced Cobra La. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he brings it back. He doesn't ignore it. It's front oh. and center. So for me, I was like, I was like, oh god, they brought back Cobra Law. It's such a joke. I hate it. <laughs> oh, and oh. John, I don't know if you have you seen it. Cobra Law. I'm trying to. I Remember, thought I saw it. Um, oh so yeah, these it's guys. A, it's, yep. it's an alien organization that that Cobra is derived from, and they yes. they they brought in all this weird shit. 
But I remember, yeah. Oh there was some God. people at the store that had never heard of it. So oh. the first thing I did is, uh, is I opened up a YouTube video that was 10 hours straight of <laughs> Cobra Commander yelling Cobra La. It's just like, Cobra La 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 La. Oh, man. <laughs> they were like, why are you doing this, Dario? I'm like, because you must know my hatred. <laughs> yeah, that um, was. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I still I still bought it. I'm like, whatever. I'm still going to buy it and read it. And I read it the other day, and it's it's really good. It's still it? really good. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I got I to read that. I remember those characters now. So, oh thumbs up. Everything in the Anna John universe has been really good so far, and I'm going to give that a high recommendation. Excellent. Wow. Duke, number one. Yeah. Oh, wow. I already kind of shot through that. So, Duke, number one. Uh, deals with the aftermath of his fight of his fight with uh, Starscream and Starscream his his battle with him was very bloody. Starscream killed a lot of people, mm. and he had to deal with the fact that that you know he's seeing obviously things that he can't explain, and the government is ignoring it or or covering it up. So he's telling people what he saw, and they're like, ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> So the creative team is Joshua Williamson again. He's writing everything for the, these books. Um, Tom Riley is the artist. Colorist Jorge Belair. And the letterer is Russ Wooten. Um, excellent book. They talk about uh, Duke's background, how he was a highly decorated officer and soldier. Uh, after his fight with Starscream, he kind of fell off and kind of went down a dark hole, and they were just trying to help him out. So he goes – Teams up with a woman who has some has some intel on on early Cobra intel. Like she's going through like schematics and stuff, and the stuff that they show here that shows up in Cobra Commander. Like they don't talk about what the, the, it's like. She saw this somewhere, but she doesn't know what it is. Hmm. And then when you go and read Cobra Commander, Cobra Commander's like, "Look at this thing I just made." <laughs> <laughs> um, they introduce Destro in this. Um, they don't really show him, mm. but he's definitely um, they like Duke invades Mars Corp, and there's all kinds of like there's all kinds of like things with Destro. And there's one scene where they show Destro in his office, like surrounded by fire and <laughs> his throne and stuff. Because if I had an office, cool. Oh yeah, I, mean, I know, right? We don't, yeah. right? Um. But it ends with him going on the run from the government because they don't want to believe in what he's telling them. Um, he gets framed for a murder of the woman that he was working with to, to, to find out about Destro. Mm. And it ends with them sending Stalker and Rock and Roll after him. So it's the beginnings of the oh, formation of G.I. Joe. Cool. High recommendation. Excellent. Mm. Next. Ooh. Century number one from Marvel Comics. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He who has the power of a million exploding suns. <laughs> so it takes place after Sentry has been destroyed. Uh, he was killed during what is that storyline where they where they wrapped up Dark Avengers and 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 they oh uh, oh siege yeah it might have been siege I think so the writer is Jason La- uh, Liu uh, the artist is Luigi Zagrada. And the uh, colorist is Arthur Hesu. And <clears throat> people know about Century. They know he has the power of a million exploding suns. They know he was killed. And uh, Misty Knight and 
Jessica Jones inadvertently team up because they're both investigating the same explosion that brought down an apartment complex. And they find out that one of the people that lived in the apartment complex was a girl that was uh, that had cerebral cerebral palsy, and allegedly she just exploded and then flew off. And her roommate was like, "I saw her. She so she let off all this power and she flew away, and the building came crashing down because she, you know, she knocked down a support beam when she flew away." <laughs> so it turns out that random people in the Marvel universe are each inheriting a portion of Sentry's powers. Oh wow! Oh, okay. And and um, Misty Knight has been mildly aware of this, um, and Jessica Jones gets involved with it, and they're trying to find these people before they can do more harm than good. And one guy realized that realized that he had the powers, and then found somebody else that had the powers that that had a different set of powers. And the the um, I'm just going to say the one guy and the other guy. So basically it turns into a Highlander thing. The, the, the oh. one guy killed, killed the other one and he absorbed his powers. So he got more. Power. Oh, okay. So it, it, issue one ends with the girl that, that had cerebral palsy is on the moon because she doesn't know what to do. So she's like, she knows she, she just instinctively knows she can survive in the moon. So she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm just going to hang out here. <laughs> The other guy <laughs> goes up to the moon. And he's like, "Hey, I'm your friend," but we all know he's going to try and kill her. So that's where that ends. This is surprisingly good. I, I bought it on, oh. on a lark, thinking I was going to hate it, and it was it was fine. It's a mini <laughs> ah. and I give that a medium. I give that a if read it. If you read it, you'll like it. Um, not necessary to read. Okay. This is really the last review I've got. The other stuff is just things I want to show you guys that I think are cool. Uh, issue one of Avengers Twilight from Marvel Comics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Written by Chip, Chip Tazarski and Daniel Acuna. Letterer is VC's Corey Pete. And then that's basically it. A bunch of different cover artists and all that stuff. So I like this book a lot. I'm going to start by saying that. But I am going to say this is not, to me, it's not an original story. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, so this takes place in the future of the Marvel Universe after the Avengers, the core Avengers as we know it, have uh, retired and re- been replaced. Captain America no longer has a super soldier serum in him, so he's older um, most and retired. Uh, Luke Cage is older and requires an exoskeleton to walk around because his powers of have kind of like because you know he's got his skin is is as hard as iron. The, the older he yeah. gets, the harder it is for him to move his skin. So uh, he's still vulnerable, but he needs a thing to move him around. <laughs> um, Hawkeye's in it as an old man, uh, but basically, um, Tony Stark has has um, put Iron Man robots on every corner. So just like he wanted to do in the movie, right? His son. Uh. His son is now in charge of Stark Industries and has a nanite suit that he wears, so he's got, like, Iron Man powers. Hmm. And his son is a total douche. (laughs) He's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You find out that he gets a lot of, like, he's smart, but he's not as smart as his dad, so he has to go to his dad to to get the inspiration to do stuff. But his dad is not really alive anymore. His dad is just a spinal cord and a head. And <laughs> that's suspended in a tank. <laughs> and so he goes and talks to him in the t- in this tank. 
What a way to live. Yeah, right. right? And um, basically, Captain America gets contacted by these people, one of them being Luke Cage, and saying, listen, you might not even realize it, but we live in a totalitarian state. All these Iron Mans are like, are like taking away our, our rights and all this stuff. And Tony, I mean, and Cap doesn't want to, doesn't want to hear it. He, he knows it, but he doesn't want to know it. Right. So yeah. eventually he decides by the end of the book that he's going to have the super soldier serum put back in him and he comes yeah. out of retirement. Oh, so it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a dark Knight returns kind of a deal. Huh. Yeah. For I think most of the Avengers, so issue one was really good. Issue two came out. I bought it, but I haven't had a chance to read it yet. That sounds hmm. really interesting. Yeah, so that's a thumbs up. The last thing I want to show you guys is possibly the greatest thing in the entire world. <laughs> is it Rom? Spider Man number forty one has Spider Man on it with Rom. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Granted, Rom's not in the comic. But he's on the cover. Mm-hmm. Is that an alternate cover, or is that the? It's an alternate. Co- it's an alternate okay. cover. Like they just they did they did a, a bunch of these. Thanos oh, wow. number, number number two. Oh, that was cool. Thanos and Rom on the cover. <laughs> wow. Captain Marvel number four has Captain Marvel and Rom on the cover. <laughs> Invincible Iron Man number fourteen. <laughs> Uh-huh. Iron Man and Rom on the cover. Uh-huh. These are all people that never teamed up with Rom, by the way. Oh, really? Huh. X Men issue whatever thirty has a Peach Pomoko cover of Rom and Jubilee. Oh wow, Jubilee, yeah. And then the last one, Guardians of the Galaxy has Rom with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. So, do you have a favorite cover? Um, a lot of these uh, poses are almost the exact same, so I don't love that. Um, well, I mean, probably, it's wrong. How many poses can you expect? <laughs> I can expect only the best, Derek. <laughs> probably that was my favorite one. Uh, the Spider-Man one's good, but the uh, pers- perspective is a little wonky. I think this one's really good. This is the Captain Marvel one. Okay. Were, were there any artists that worked on ROM back in the day? Work on these books, the covers. No, Salva Sama worked on Rom the longest, and he came back and did some stuff when it was at Image Comics about yep. five, five to ten years ago. But he's okay. really old; he doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah, Phil size. And then the other, and then the other guy to work on the book covers. was um, was um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Created Spider Man with Stanley, Steve Ditko. That's it. Yes, he did Ditko. a few issues. That's right, and yeah. that, Bill. Bill Sizenick, I think, is his name. He did a few he did covers. covers. He did yeah. covers and covers, yeah. And I bought I bought Rom Omnibus Number One. Oh, you did? Yeah, which I didn't need, but I bought it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have. Yep. Those are all my reviews. All right. Wow, those nice. are good ones. Good job. Good job. All right, so that's it for our review segment. Now it is time to move on to our next segment. And that means it's time for Off the Show. And that is where we, one of us, uh, picks a a book or series or storyline from the past. And we read it and talk about it. And we've been doing our uh, stories out from our favorite writers. And this month, it is uh, John's pick. So what did you pick, John? I picked Superman, the Man of Steel, 
Uh, oh, sorry. And this fell, happened fell in the mid '80s. <laughs> What's that? I said sorry. I fell asleep for a second there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this this is a six part series that we're doing, and it's uh, written and drawn by John Byrne. The inker is uh, Dick Giannato. Uh, colorist is Tom Zuko, and uh, editor is Andy Elfler. So it's basically reboot of Superman, this story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, after the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, you guys probably know that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just, uh, I think it's an interesting take. I, I, I always enjoy John Byrne's artwork, but uh, also his writing, because he, he's had a few interesting stories, and uh, I kind of like the way he writes, you know? Sure. Because I find some, I mean... Everybody is different, but I feel like some artists that become writers really don't have the ability to write, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, I won't mention any names, but it's it's kind of an interesting take on uh, someone's opinion of Superman and stuff like that. And uh, stuff like that. And I don't know if you wanted to do the good, the bad, and the nitpicky on this, Derek, or um... what your opinions were on it. Well, I forgot my copy downstairs with my notes in it, so I can't really... <laughs> oh, okay. But you can go ahead if well, you want to. All right, so I'll do my my good, is the story and the art, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the bad, and this it took me a while to think about this, but I, I'm not really happy with the fact that Superman seems to be the only character that's being rebooted here. And like Batman... Wonder Woman, all the other clay characters didn't seem to have any reboot at all. And it's just like Batman's like, oh, oh hey, how you doing? I've never met you before, Superman. How you doing? And oh, you know, and all yeah, this right. type of stuff. So that uh, I wasn't, and there seems to be no explanation at all. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of one, but it just like Batman's been working with Superman for like 50 years, and then all of a sudden, Oh, Superman, you're here for the first time ever. How you doing? I'm Batman. I've been around for 50 years, you know. And <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I, have a, I have an answer to that. You do? Okay, good, because I would like to hear that. So, Crisis... Ah, come on, Max. My cat just bit my foot. <laughs> he really wants my attention. So, anyway, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths was, was mostly mismanaged. It was a really, really good story that was being told as a 12-issue Maxi series. Yeah. Uh, but they had no clear plan as to how they were going to issue the, how they were going to reboot everybody after the fact. Okay. So at the end of Crisis, they did they, that. Man of Steel was their launch book. Ah, uh, okay. That and Legends were the two things that came out. Yep. Um, and then after that, it was like they like John Byrne probably couldn't do much with Batman. Like he probably said, "I'm going to use Batman," and they're probably like, "We have no idea what we're doing with Batman right now." Right. So, yeah. <laughs> just do this. <laughs> uh, so he was able to make changes to the overall Superman family. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the, honestly, the biggest changes he did is he kept Mom by Kent alive. He right. made changes. He made changes to the way Krypton operated. Um, oh, okay. And, and it, Superman went from you know losing his parents in his teens to having his parents through his whole life and. Mostly believing he was human, all the way up to his 
probably until his 18th birthday. Whereas in the original right. Silver Age, like they knew he was an alien, and they told him since he was old enough to understand it. Okay. Also, there was no Superboy. They had to really yeah. mess with that an awful lot because that was all messed up too. Mm. But because uh, because they would do, try they had to deal with Legion of Superheroes where Superboy had a tight history on and all that stuff. It was a mess. Yeah. So, but since there was no Superboy, like the world didn't know of anything of Superman until he went to Metropolis. So those were the big things. But the thing is that they weren't allowed. Wonder Woman writer couldn't do anything without the okay of the you know Batman writer and. All the other stuff. So, huh. that's interesting. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Derek. So, John, what is it? Uh, so, why why did you pick this as your favorite uh, from your one of your favorite writers? What 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 made you want to choose this one? Well, I've always enjoyed his stuff, and uh, we've already done a lot of Jim Starlin stuff. So, you know, I enjoy Jim Starlin, John Byrne. I enjoy him a lot. And there's a few others, but you know Chris Claremont is pretty good with some stuff. He he, but he can get a little wordy. So sometimes I'm not big on some of his books, you know. But uh, I I think some of the Fantastic Four stuff, like uh, it was like one of his last stories. He did like a strange like time travel story where people were stuck in a bubble and uh, ten thousand years went by in the span of like two or three hours. So he did stuff like that. And that was kind of interesting. And, you know, he brought, I don't know if you remember, he re- did kind of rebooted Neymar uh, after he did Superman, right. you know, he kind of, so he did stuff like that. And it always kind of captivated me the way he hmm. kind of uh, rebooted characters or put his own spin on it. And, he was such a big star back then that I think they kind of right. gave him liberties to do what he wanted, and it was kind of interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think how he went about it. I think a lot of us, um, probably the three of us, at least, all have our own favorite John Byrne stories. Um, right. So yeah, he was he was pretty good back in the day. Mm. So if you think about it, as far as what he's written, probably Man of Steel was his best work. Oh, in, in your opinion? In my opinion, like, I think he might have. If he might have written Legends, if you wrote Legends, Legends he, is good I too. I think he did Legends, yeah. But, but, if, but honestly, if you look at his overall writing, he's uh, he's he's not a really good writer. Ah, no. In my opinion, shots fired. <laughs> yes. Uh, Paul joined the call. Oh, Paul is calling on. The yeah, he keeps trying to podcast. call. I told him to. I already sent the message. Use the um, link. We can't. Anyway. Yeah, so, and then I had uh, another one called, uh, another uh, item, nitpicky. Let's see what my nitpicky was. I have to write these things down. Oh, yeah, it it was a six-part miniseries, and I felt like they could have just started the series over. You know, it's not a big deal, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. But he, the other thing, too, is uh, going back to the other thing is, he started Superman issue one again, like, I don't know, a few months later. Right. Mm. And I, there were a few stories in there that I liked, you know, like he came across, uh, general Zod and his goonies there, the two sidekicks. And I thought that was kind of interesting how he had to use kryptonite to destroy him. He's like, you guys have destroyed a whole planet. 
and I have to be judge, jury, and executioner here. And I guess in all of comics, uh, Superman's never killed before. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, apparently that was the first time. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but just uh, stuff like that, and that's kind of why I, I picked this one. Nice. Yeah. So, Dario, since you said you think he's not overall a great writer, what did you think of this this particular <laughs> series? Series. Did we lose Dario? I think so. Oh, man. So it looks like it's just you and I, Dark. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, yeah, I found it uh, interesting. He Dario did say he felt this was the uh, best one that John Byrne had done. But overall, I think he feels that John Byrne wasn't a good writer at all. Which, yeah, you know, that's that's his opinion, and everybody has one. But would you... Uh, have you any other favorite John Byrne stories at all, like X-Men or Wolverine or whatnot? I, yeah, I used to like his X-Men stuff a lot. Um, that's that's uh, my favorite John Byrne stuff for me is the X-Men stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's known for, right? And that's right. that's his claim to fame. And then he went on to Fantastic Four. And oh, yeah. He, right. uh, he had a big run on Fantastic Four. I think it was like... Um, over 60 issues, right? Oh, so that that's was right, a, yeah. That was a long run, and I think he had a few interesting stories there, like Reed Richards went on. Uh, he got judged by the government, uh, not the, uh, he got judged by, uh, who is it, the Shi'ar Empire yes. for saving Galacticus, which right. was kind of a neat thing. Oh, geez, I had to say that name again. I was going to let it slide this time. I was going to let it slide, but you know. You pointed it out. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's a good story, but I don't think you... Did he write that? Hey, He Dario's wrote that, yep. Yeah, he wrote that one. All right. We lost, we lost you for a minute there, Dario. Oh, yeah. I, I did. I had to swap out my other... Uh, my, 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 my tablet. Yeah. And <laughs> it was a task. But I did it. I'm back. All right. Wow, yeah. It back pretty quick. If only the sidekick could do the same. I know. <laughs> um. So, I had... Actually, I had asked a question to you, Dario, but you were gone, so uh, I'll ask it again. So what did you, you, you just said that you didn't think overall he's that great of a writer, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what did you think of this <laughs> Superman story overall? I loved it. First of all, did you? I'm a very large, I'm a very big Superman fan, and I, I mostly became a, a big Superman fan during Crisis, mm-hmm. because I read DC on and off growing up as a kid, but I was like, eh, whatever, I can leave it or take it. And then I read Crisis, and I loved it. And I dove deep into every character, and I ended up really liking the Superman relaunch. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think he did a really good job with that. I think he did a really good job with updating the characters. Um, I think the changes he made were the right changes to make. Nice. My big problem is that it didn't. it took only like 10 years down the road for them to turn Superman back into... <laughs> Like the like the most invulnerable thing in the entire world. Right. Yeah. Like when mm. he, when he is just the strongest but still vulnerable, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um. All right. Anything else you guys wanted to say about this before we move on? No. Yeah. I do. What? Oh. Um. So I read this book a, a very very long time ago, and I was digging around for my through my entire collection for it. I'm like, I can't find it. So I called the store today, and I'm like, 
I believe we have a copy at the store. Can you find it for me? And they said, no, we don't have one at the store. So I was like, oh, I don't want to just go off in memory. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, maybe I can find a copy of this online. So I went on the, I, I weirdly enough, I went on YouTube to see if someone had done a breakdown on it. Not only did I find out that, 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 you know, multiple people have done breakdowns on it, but I just ignored those. But in the not in the eighties, they did a six cassette, like full cast reenactment of every issue. Really? What? So I, I listened to those today. <laughs> huh? Wow. They're terrible. <laughs> oh, are they? Yeah. <laughs> Find them online and listen to them. And you're going to be like, this acting is the absolute worst. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> the guy that got the voice Superman was a good voice for, like, 18-year-old Superman saying, what is it, Pa? What is it? What is it? You want to show me a spaceship? <laughs> but they kept the same actors their whole thing. So when he's supposed to be in his, like, late 20s. He's like, gosh, Lois, you're just... <laughs> wow man so i mean i think the best voice actors that they have on that were whoever played lois she actually tries (laughs) but oh my gosh wow so that you actually had that jeez no i I never had it but i never on youtube so if you just do a search you'll find it (laughs) but the thing is is that i had they did the same thing for the nightfall storyline i still have that somewhere and they did the same thing for the, the death and return of Superman. Mm. And I, it's been so long since I listened to him. I'm sure the voice acting is just as bad. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. And I actually, well, whenever I get a chance to, I listen to the old, like, Golden Age radio stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of work in those, so those yeah. are fun to listen to. <laughs> Crazy. This is not. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this? No. No, all right. It's all for me. Good choice, John. Good choice. Um, Thank I th- you. I think uh, all we have left is Paul's choice for our next next episode, and uh, we'll figure that out eventually. Yeah, Paul said in the text that he uh, had COVID and pneumonia, so I don't think it, oh, it's oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh boy, um, that's bad. So, um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll sign off in a few minutes here because I know you got to get to bed, John. I just want to cover. <laughs> Just I a, turn into a pumpkin, you know. <laughs> Good, then we can smash it. Um, pumpkin pie. <laughs> so I just want to cover a couple of quick things here. Uh, speaking of Superman, I recently watched the uh, My Friend, no, My Adventures with Superman cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that? I saw like the first four episodes. No. There's, there was five episodes. Uh, maybe saw the no, first wait. four. No, how many? Whatever it was. Anyway, um, yeah. So I recently watched it. I was, um, I found it on Max. I'm like, oh, why not? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It's very, it's very much. Um, hey, this is anime. Let's do Superman anime. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's good. But it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They made they changed a few things, but they I like the way they handled it. So it was good. Yeah, John. They're teenagers. Hmm. I mean, they still work for the planet. Well, they're, they're college. But, I mean, they're like they're yeah. like twenty one. Yeah, they're at, college. at the most. But yeah, right. but it was really good. Um, so John, check that out if you get a chance. And uh, all right, did uh, so Dario? I know. Okay, I watched the Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One, the oh. animated movie. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. How was yeah. it? Yeah, terrible. Any good? 
Oh, really? Terrible. Oh. Really? Oh, good. Yeah. So it felt very much. Now, I'll, let me. I'm going to revisit the statement in a second. Oh, boy. It felt very much like they had a, a Flash movie, a Flash animated movie. And then they were like, okay, we're just about done. And then somebody poked their head in and said, hey, let's use this as a crisis of an Earth launch. Oh. And the guys making the movie were like, but how are we going to do that? <laughs> and they do that by inserting the monitor every 15 minutes. Oh. Harbinger every 15 minutes. And then at the end of the movie, they, they, they go, we need to build a tuning fork. Oh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like two movies jammed together. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. so bad. That's but, a shame. I mean, it wasn't unwatchable. Yeah. But I, when it was all said and done, I'm like, what did we just watch? And my <laughs> friend's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man. All right. Uh, now, I know how important the Flash is to the story. Yeah. Issue one. Right. He's running around telling people that the worlds are being destroyed. We know that he's going to die because they basically tell you in issue one. Right. Um, but in this, it was like leaning heavily into the flash story and the animation overall was good but at near the end of the movie when the flash saves the universe they show the monitor looking down at where he had all the heroes gathered mm. and at the in the middle of the movie when he had everybody down there it was literally full of people right does this scene it's just like maybe six guys down there and it's all the chopping universe characters so it's blue beetle question nightshade <laughs> right, characters, right? <laughs> and literally Question is being animated like this. He's standing with his arms down. His arms are up. His arms. It's like they're supposed to be going, "Yay, we won!" And question is like, "All oh, this is like." <laughs> oh man! So when they showed that scene, I was like, "What the hell was that?" I rewound it, and I'm like, "What the hell is this? <laughs> Who's animating this guy?" Oh man! Unbelievable. All right, well, so, that, uh, if you can watch the HBO for free, it's worth it. Yeah, I might have to check it out just for that one, that one scene. Yeah, <laughs> I'll um, be pausing at that moment. So, Dario and I talked about uh, before show. We talked about Echo. John, did you watch Echo at all? I haven't. No. Um, it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, I wouldn't say rush to go watch it. You know. If you're bored and you have nothing else to watch, then watch it. It was it was watchable. It just wasn't great overall. Okay. I'll um, have to look at it. Yeah. Uh, there was a cool fight between her and Daredevil, but I think that was in maybe in episode one or two. Yeah. I mean, if, I I don't know if he's Daredevil's in any other episodes, but he's, he's not, definitely in no. issue one. Yeah. There's a really good fight with him and her, which, and it's <clears> worth watching just for that. Which I read it was all done in one take, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was oh, a really wow. good fight. Yeah, it was pretty like, good. But they're other... kind of like starting to get the upper hand, and they're in a warehouse. Um, so she goes into where they keep all the guns, but it's got like a, a, a cage door. So she shuts the cage door. So they're fighting between, you know, it's like a chain link <laughs> fence. Yeah. They're fighting between the fence. It's really <laughs> good. Um, yeah, but the ending was kind of, uh, and uh, yeah. So not a huge deal, and it's a it's a Marvel Spotlight thing, so it's not like important to the overall story, really. Uh, so no big rush to watch it. And then, uh, was there anything you wanted to mention, John, that you watched or read or whatever? 
Henry, uh, the guy that played Superman, Henry Cavill, is that his name? Yeah. Is he is he back on as Superman now? Is that right? No, Did no. I hear? Okay. I, I see a, stuff on the news that free feed, and I'm like, I thought that was a done deal that he was out. So that's fake news. That or, is, they yeah, just quoted. They just quoted like a, an article with them. Like, he's he's doing Warhammer now, like content for the Warhammer game. Oh. Okay. He made a comment that he that that doing something for Warhammer is really to him the best thing. Like his dream job is to do that. Yeah. And, oh, okay. Uh, the people that were writing the article were basically rewording what he said, saying Cavill hates hates Superman, loves 40k. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I don't know. I mean, the movies were bad, but I I kind of didn't mind him as Superman. I thought he did a decent job. Yeah, I thought it was okay. You know. Yeah. I would like to have seen him. Do in an actual good Superman movie. So, mm. all right, and just a couple, yeah. of, just a couple of other quick hits here. Um, apparently, it has been confirmed by Paul Bettany himself that he is returning as the Vision to the MCU, but did not, no. but did not specify the project. Although uh, last we knew, they were doing something called Vision Quest that was supposed to be about Vision. So, so we'll see. And uh, my last big note here is, uh, I don't know if this is real or fake, but apparently the title of the Deadpool movie has leaked. <laughs> and apparently it's going to be titled Deadpool and Friend. Oh, no. So I'll take that with a grain of salt, because it might not be true, but we'll see. And there's supposed to be a, <laughs> there's supposed to be a big trailer during the Super Bowl, so that'll be something to look forward I to. I think that's gag in the world if it's called deadpool and friend i think that is hysterical <laughs> yeah and it, the word all the words coming out about it is that it's supposed to be a big thing like it's supposed to make some big changes in in the mcu so we'll see we'll see but i'm looking forward to it cool yeah all right uh anything else guys nope. nope all right then i guess that'll do it for us this evening a little bit of a shorter show, but that's all right. Uh, that's what happens when the world's greatest sidekick doesn't come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was offline because my screen just opened up a fourth pan- panel, but he's not here, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he'll be on next time. And uh, we had a big thing planned, but we'll save that for next time because uh, he, he, he was very excited about it, apparently. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And thank you, Dario and John, for actually showing up. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, until Nightwing believes in Santa Claus again, that'll be it for us. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you for your cooperation.